Welcome to the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Sponsored by Reinhold Flooring. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, welcome back. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby. It is lunchtime, middle of the dial, middle of the day, and middle of the country right here in St. Louis. Phone lines open for you for your questions, your answers, your favorite products, whatever things you're facing in your life, many of which we share. So when you ask a question, understand I'm willing to make a very long, uh, deep answer if I can, because I know that for every question I get, there are 30 people out there that have the same issue, same question. And I'm really, uh, I, I'm, gra- I'm, I'm grateful to be able to share something that helps somebody else. So, uh, you know, it's kind of like the pay it forward concept. It feels good doing this radio show. It's something that I've enjoyed for a very, very long time. And, uh, you know, I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss it. I'm uh, retiring at the end of this year from every weekend or from every weekend show. So Rich Horace will carry the ball and I will follow up. And for the times when he wants to spend time with his family and travel and do the various things that, that he and I both enjoyed over the years, then uh, I'll fill in. So I will be the pinch hitter for Rich Orris uh, starting in 2024 right here on KMOX. Uh, 314-436-7900 puts us together. Uh, We got through uh, some questions in the first hour. Uh, Any questions you have regarding your house, your home, uh, buildings, uh, even, uh, you know, I I make this in jest. I say whether you're building a doghouse, remodeling a bathroom, or building a new home, it's still the same process. You may have fewer pieces, you may have shorter segments of time to to perform various things, but you still have to figure out, what am I trying to solve? Therefore, if I build something or change it, um, will that indeed uh, improve my lot? Will it solve my problem? Or will it just be a really neat something or other that I built or had built? had built. Uh, so again, it's what am I trying to solve? What's my objective? What are the choices of how to get there? Um, you know, like on siding, you know, we had a question from uh, really, uh, you know, Larry asking about siding in hour one. You know, I, I bought a house a couple of years ago and it needs siding help. Uh, am I going to replace the siding? Am I going to paint the siding? If I paint the siding, I have to get a few replacement pieces for those that are, you know, a little less good condition. You know, all the, so all those things still have to be considered so that once you're finished spending that time, spending that money, spending that intellect and all that uh, focus that it, whether you have this professionally done or not, a homeowner can only do a lot of the things on a project. You have to make decisions. You have to decide what you want. You have to understand what the constraints are of what materials can be done or what time of the year that can be imp- it can be performed. Uh, whether I'm going to do part of this myself, whether you do part of that. But I I also like to share, and and this is really. Uh, from a professional place and a personal place. If you're remodeling your home or you're building a structure, um, it's important that you stay involved in that process. And and by that, I mean, uh, certainly in the design and the selections, nobody else knows what you want. Uh, we can recommend good alternatives, but still there's that filter of listening. So, okay, tell me about how you cook a meal, you know, and then we hear that description. It's like, okay, are you left-handed, right-handed, all those things that we customize. But still there's a filter of communications. Some, some of it we heard, some of it we didn't, some of it we heard perfectly, 
and then we interpreted it based on our own personal biases. That's just the human condition, the human element. So understand that deciding something, um, only an owner can do that because only you know what you want. And if you delegate that, you really need to find somebody that is very, very um, simpatico, like you, very similar, uh, carries the same things because you are, um, you know, effectively empowering that person to make your personal decisions. Uh, It's like a personal shopper. It's like, well, I don't know what clothes I want. Well, I don't know what I look good in. It's hard to get somebody else to make a decision around what you want. So as a homeowner, you can never really, in my mind, get away from that. And the more involved, uh, for example, at Mosby Building Arts, when homeowners are around and they, you know, we're about to nail up an electric box for a light switch, and we have a choice of nailing on the right side of the 2x4 or the left side of the 2x4, that's an inch and a half away. You know, and it it may be a big difference uh, to how you feel about your home. And so little things like that, although seem small, picayune, uh, they, they matter. And you only find out when you get it wrong. So again, just stay involved, be involved, um, and and the more time you have with a designer and a builder and the construction crew and, and good companies like uh, owners around just to check in to make sure that this, the hundreds of decisions being made by a construction construction crew to, to really just, okay, now's the electrical rough-in stage. Well, there's a hundred decisions those electricians make in just one day of putting in electric of how, where, and, and when they run various wires and sizes and gang together lighting and switching and such. So it's important that the designer take you through that up front. And the thing about Mosby Building Arts, the reason we do design build is because we literally, when we're sitting at a table four, six months before the kitchen even starts remodeling, we're asking you where you want your light switches. When you go over in there and you flip that light switch, what comes on? And why? And what are you going to do? And oh, would you rather have that one light over there on its own? So, oh, yeah, may, maybe I would. So those are the things that are customized. Uh, when you do a what we call a full custom kitchen at, at Mosby, we make it fit you, your lifestyle, left-handed, right-handed, all the uh, peculiarities that every homeowner has. So just be aware those things are important. A three one four four three six seven nine hundred puts us together here. Uh, let's go right to the phone lines here and let's talk to Jim. Uh, hey Jim, good afternoon. Welcome to lunchtime on KMOX. How can I help you? Well, first thing, I'm glad you're still going to pinch hit <laughs> when after I, I, you retire. Jim, I, I I thought about that. It's like I can't give this up. I this is part of me. I I you know all my friends are there. So well, it's part of us too. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> I have a question about steel siding mm-hmm. that was put on a house built in 1927, yeah. and it's uh, it was put on about 1950, and I want to paint it. Yeah. When's a good time of year to do that? Does your company do it? Uh, yes. First off, uh, steel siding is a pretty darn good product to repaint. Uh, I do. I like steel siding. I was sad when it uh, went away. Uh, it does have some rust issues, but the solid, um, um, stable 
amount of steel. It doesn't expand and contract as much as aluminum, which followed up, and then vinyl. So I do like steel siding. It's more resistant to birds pecking on it and and hail. So uh, I do think steel siding is is very much worth uh, painting. Uh, Yes, you can paint it. You're very welcome to call us. Uh, There's a lot of steps to it because that old paint uh, chalks, C-H-A-L-K-S, so it chalks, it oxidizes. So yeah, that's what we got. Dust. Yeah, this stuff needs to be uh, power washed and scrubbed, and then a special bonding primer, which is basically paint glue, uh, to make sure that it sticks to the steel or to at least as solid a membrane as possible. And then you have you wind up with one or two coats on top of that primer a bonding primer material. So, yeah. There's, there's no rust on it, but how long would that last? Well, then you're into the the quality of the paint because the steel is a really good uh, substrate. Uh, so you can get, you know, Sherwin-Williams has, uh, I guess they have a duration paint out there they claim is like 15 years. We like to think it's more like 10. Uh, I've had some around my house for seven years. Uh, stuff really lasts well so now you're down when you have a good substrate and you do your homework and prepare the surface now you're down to you know how long will the will that paint coating actually last in this environment so you're you're going to get close to 10 years and and the warranty for the paint on the paint can will say you know sometimes 13 and 15 well that's what's your warranty uh, our our warranty is the is the manufacturer's warranty, and but we will represent it as not 15 years because it starts looking ugly in 15 years. The paint coating itself, and and this is a consumer question, so you you raise a good point, Jim. Uh, the paint coating is still good, but it's ugly after 10 or 11 years. So in your mind, Jim, how how's your paint doing after 11 years? When I say, oh, it's still good, and you're saying. It looks like a, you know, like it's a mess. It's like, yeah, but the coating's still good. Well, the consumer is unhappy after 10 or 11 years. Yeah, I see. Okay. So that's a loaded question. We debate that at Mosby. What is the right answer? What's your warranty? It's like, well, we're with you as long as, as you know, as we can be. We can't exceed. So generally our, our agreement says we are able to rely on the manufacturer for their warranty. But when you get into a manufacturer writing a warranty, they've got an army of 100 lawyers trying to figure out how to write that warranty. We just want to care. We just care whether you're happy or not. So when you well, stop I'm getting, being happy, I'm getting ready to sell the place, and uh, yeah. so that'll be all right. Yeah, yeah, but but that's a good point on you know what's your warranty? It's like well, we we won't tell you uh, what the manufacturers want. We will, but then we're going to say, but we're not going to tell you that it's going to you're going to be happy after ten years. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. I got one more question about uh, gutters being put in the ground. And drains in the ground. Does that go directly out to the front of the house to the sewer line? Uh, and ideally, any- if you can't, ideally, if you can get it to connect to uh, a storm sewer, the problem is MSD doesn't want you and me and Mo, Larry, and Curly hammering holes in their uh, pipe. I know, but this is already in there. I was just wondering, would that cause at any time a backup in the basement with the uh, uh, floor drains? Uh, oh, for uh, it it can it, it, yes it can because if you get storm water and uh, sewer water mixing up the storm water from the surface can backfill and push into the basements and that's usually what causes house floods is when you get surface water mixing with sewer. 
Can you do anything to prevent it from backing up with the we have two there there's two uh, drains in the basement one for the washer and dryer and one just in the middle of the place Yeah yeah uh, yes, you can, and no, you shouldn't. There are backflow preventers, flappers that stick in that that swing down just like a right. like a flapper on a dryer vent, just like right. that. The problem is with all the stuff going through sewers; those things get plugged up and they stay they get stuck half open. You still get a flood, and you know. So I, I've I've had a lot of plumbers come in and say, I put in twenty of them and I pulled out forty of them. You know, yeah. they just you know, yet they sound great, they sell great. They're not terribly expensive to put in, but, you know, after five or ten years of stuff going through, you know, they just don't deliver to the consumer the same experience they're expecting. I put out $3,000 for this. I don't want any more backups. They come mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. Now, I heard some. if you put a uh, PVC pipe, uh, extend yep. the, with that, is that yes. a? Yes. How, how long does that have to be? Oh, uh, that works pretty. If you basically, you just put a stand pipe. You, you type. You take the uh, um, the floor grate out, and you put a gasket around that PVC. It's basically right. a stand pipe. When the when the sewer backs up, instead of spreading all over your floor when it's one inch deep, uh, it raises into a column inside that pipe, one inch tall. So you can find that because it it won't raise higher than the head pressure. So yeah, those standpipe uh, little things are kind of they're they're not a perfect seal, so sometimes they leak anyway. They're you have to be there at the time that the flood occurs. Um so yes you can and uh I would before I put $2000 on a flapper that isn't going to work anyway, I'd I'd stick a standpipe in my floor drain first. How tall does that have to be? Should it be? Uh, 12 to 18 inches. It's not it, that not water's be. not going to get more than 2 to 3 inches above the floor of your basement unless you have you know unless you were ready for building the ark. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thanks God. And again, we're glad we're we're all glad you're going to be around at least on vacation time for the other fellow. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you very much. Okay, right. take care, Jim. Bye. Yeah, Scott Mosby, Home Improvement. I'll take a short pause and come back for more on KMOX. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show, sponsored by Reinhold Flooring. Now, Scott Mosby on the Voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, back together, Home Improvement. Scott Mosby at your service, sitting the seat here till we uh, go up till 1 o'clock today. At 1 o'clock here, uh, about 45 minutes from now after news, weather, and sports, top of the hour, 1 p.m., your retirement professionals here on CAMWAX, 2 o'clock, the classic business of family business. Uh, so uh, stay tuned here for an afternoon on CAMWAX. Uh, next up, let's talk to my friend Steve. Hey, Steve, Scott Mosby here. Happy Saturday. How can I help? Hi. Uh, I have two bathrooms, and in both of those bathrooms, the vents at certain times during the year leak. Um, So water will drip down from them from, I guess, condensation. And I'm not quite sure how to address that in order to make that not happen. Steve, do they go up to the roof? Usually they do. They go straight up for some distance. When I've gotten in the attic, it goes up to the roof, and then it gets close to a vent that's cut in the roof, and uh, it's not attached to that. It is uh, open in the attic. Yeah. Okay. So everything you can see, everything metal from the top part of either the plaster or the drywall, including the vent fan itself, ideally that gets uh, insulated. 
uh, at least isolated. So this is condensation. And for example, uh, what I like to do is, do you know if it's a four inch vent that goes up to the roof or three it is. inch? Okay. Uh, typically, uh, and here's kind of how it goes down. Um, I, if you can insulate that with some um, high tech and the best stuff that we found that's the easiest is basically flex duct for a five inch vent. You, if you buy flex duct for a four inch vent, you can't use that plastic. So you can't replace it with a four inch plastic because it, it's a fire threat. You know, if, if you have a fire in the bathroom and that fan starts blowtorching it up through the vent stuff that plastic flex duct can't handle it but the insulation on the outside of a galvanized steel four inch duct is perfect so uh, sometimes if it gets really cold or maybe you know for a three foot section to the roof you really need just that five inch flex duct but you don't want, you have to buy a 25 foot piece to do it so just wrap that insulation around as best you can uh sack it you know with a, a liner of some sort i've even seen trash bags and duct tape used around the outside of fibrous insulation but know this any metal showing um cools off that water vapor that warm uh, you know vapor coming out through your vent fan you want that stuff to stay warm and moist until you blow it out the top of the roof and then let it condense outside the house that's fine ideally uh what will happen if you don't um run it to the exterior at least put a reel flashing through the roof or horizontal to one of the soffit vents is you wind up with a snowstorm in the wintertime going off you blow all that stuff out it comes outside we have literally uh, my compatriots rich oris myself we have been in attics during a snowstorm inside somebody's roof when it was just cold outside no snow but but when you get condensation or the, the attic that wet you literally wind up living in a little terrarium so my point is you want to blow that stuff through the roof deck you want it outside so you do need to breach that the shingles or get somebody to put that in for you and then insulate the dickens out of that uh, four inch duct Okay, there is a pitch pocket there that, that extends out past the roof line. It's just the duct is not tied up to that. Yeah. There's a space in between. Is that yeah. Should that yeah, space really not be there? Closed. Yeah, that, okay. that's a, it, you just have a pan vent up there, and it's fine when you think about air escaping because the air will escape. The problem is when you when you blow it into you know, air that's now 80 degrees colder than the inside of that duct and water vapor, that stuff instantly hits the dew point. It condenses and sometimes freezes. You wind up with either uh, fog coming out of there, water driplets coming out of there, or snow, or both. It's a big deal. Okay. And then will it, will it, does it need a flapper on the top or something? Because it seems like it could I go did, up to the I, top and then condensate right back down. Yeah, it well, that's the problem with the stuff is how long how far is it from your vent fan to the roof? How long a duct is that? Probably 3 4 well, it's probably 4 or 5 feet actually. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about the flapper when you get up to 8 feet like that, you know, ideally you're 3 or 4 feet your fan will have enough velocity to blow this stuff out, but you need to get that duct to leave the house. Um, and it, it, um, and and putting it right next to a pan vent won't do that. It'll just mean you, it just dumps over. It just turns and goes right back down into the attic, and it'll make your insulation wet. And it, you know, and and if you have a really prolonged 
uh, cold snap and a lot of hot showers, you know, you can have a water stain on the ceiling, your bathroom ceiling, just from mm-hmm. that. So okay, and then as you're, when that duct goes up, should it be vertical? Does it matter if it takes angles at all? Goes uh, if it goes horizontal? Not really. Not okay. really. You you can choose, and and for example, um, the the water's still going to drip and it's still going to come down. What you don't want to do, do not put a p trap. Do not put a a dip in that vent because then it'll be standing water in the summertime. You wind up with growing all kinds of things. That's the basis for Legionnaires' disease. So you don't want to trap water. You're better off having it drip down on your shoulders while you're showering <laughs> than you know put a bend in that thing. That's that is not um, healthy. Got it. Okay. Well, I guess so. It sounds like what I need to do is take that, take up that space from the where where the vent, yeah. the pipe hits up to the top. Okay. Yeah, and take it through the shingles, and you can run it anywhere you want. So you don't have to. You can run it to the left or the right. You can pick where it breaches your roof and put it in where you want it to be, visually. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. Good question. Thanks. Appreciate it, Steve. Good luck, my friend. Yeah. Home improvement, Scott Mosby KMOX, and uh, actually, uh, if uh, I think somewhere on the Mosby Building Arts website uh, are some old Q&As that I put on there, and there's a very involved description of, of how to do this. Um, so I, I, you might get in there in the search part. I'm not sure whether it's still on there, but uh, in the early years of this show, I used to put uh, very good questions and answers, things that were more involved, like how do you drain the water out of my pipes if I'm leaving for the winter? Um, that's an interesting topic in itself. Uh, I had a fellow about probably five, ten years ago that was calling, and he said, I want to know how to drain the water out of my pipes. And, you know, he's going through this thing. He says, yeah, I'm in Puerto Rico. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Puerto Rico is warm. Why are you draining? Oh, no, no, no. I'm a snowbird. I leave St. Louis. I drain the. Oh, okay, I get it. But anyway, so he was calling from Puerto Rico. I thought that was pretty cool for, you know, uh, calling in the home improvement show. But so for for descriptions of things that get a little involved where you really have to get it right. Uh, and draining water out of your pipes is a big deal. That's an important one. And venting, how to insulate these bathroom vents, the what, the why, and and the where, I think was on there. So if you do a search of uh, insulate bath vent uh, as a w- search on Mosby Building Arts, that may come up. Scott Mosby, Home Improvement, 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. Uh, bring them on, bring them early. It's a pretty nice day here in the Midwest and a uh, uh, lovely time of the year. Uh, the, weather, the sun makes everything feel so much warmer than it is. And we'll take a short pause for here right now on KMWX. I'll be right back. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Sponsored by Reinhold Flooring. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, happy Saturday. We are lunchtime KMOX. This is 50,000 watts, and we are at your service. Scott Mosby here sitting at the seat. Phone lines open for you to call in with any questions, answers, favorite products, uh, things that just don't make sense to you about our industry, all of that which you can uh, turn to me, and I'll do the best I can to answer you if I don't know the answer. I'll give you generally the physics. I'll try to arm you to figure it out uh, because um, people, you know, have, over the years have said, you know, how do you know the answers to all that stuff? It's like, well,
well, I've got a lot of experience. You know, my father trained me, so I've got several generations, you know, stuck inside this head. The other part of it is this, all of this stuff is really based on the laws of physics. So if you figure out the few laws of physics and apply it to that, uh, you know, dew point, all things like that, you know what, you can kind of figure out what is uh, amiss, uh, what's out of sync, and then know where to look better for what those answers are or how to help somebody. Uh, 314-436-7900 puts us together. Let's uh, see what's happening with my friend Jim. Hey, Jim, good afternoon. Welcome to Cam Wax. How can I help you this fine Saturday? Uh, good afternoon, Scott. Um, recently, we put a sink in our laundry room, and that required a supply line to come up the wall from the basement. And while we were in that wall, we decided to put a pot filler uh, faucet on the other side above our stove. Okay. So the pot filler faucet, when we turn it on, the water comes out brown for a few seconds and then clears up. The faucet on the other side of the wall in the laundry room doesn't have that problem. And it does it every time. It never clears up completely. And I was wondering what causes that and what I could do. With the last thing I want to do is tear that wall open again. But is there anything I can do to correct that? Uh, well, I think it's unique to the faucet. Uh, sometimes there are coatings inside those faucets. Uh, what brand is your pot filler? How, where did you get that thing? Um, our contractor bought it. It's re- it was really expensive. It's like a oh. Cohen or something like that. Okay, all right. Or Kohler or Moen. I, I can't remember offhand. If you can, if you can get the brand of that. Um, uh, both of those manufacturers have websites, but when you have uh, water that uh, typically has color in it like that, you may have water that sits at the bottom of a pipe, kind of a low point, and all the debris. So, you know, you might have a little bit of particulate like sand or dirt or something, and it settles in the bottom of that pipe. <clears throat> So it can be the plumbing system and not the faucet. But when you have, you know, one faucet on one side of the wall uh, exhibiting this color and another faucet on the other side of the wall not, uh, you know, then it seems to be a common water. It's not a problem with the water supply, but I would look at that. Uh, I know both Kohler and Moen uh, have very good um, uh, websites and FAQs that you can go on site on on site to see sometimes um, and and keep in mind uh, both those companies are very high quality manufacturers and they still have an error or a product failure or or something wrong so I mean one half of one percent somebody's still getting you know and it could be as simple as a seal maybe a rubber gasket or an o-ring that you know was out of spec when it was manufactured and you know built into that faucet so keep in mind it you know they're subject to the same problems you hear about on car recalls where the manufacturer really didn't do anything wrong but you know some sub manufacturer and sub below that you know they got the o-ring wrong well they built that o-ring into their faucet now they've got a problem so and and the websites and generally those guys are aware that oh you've got that faucet model hang on a minute let's check and see there's a recall on those o-rings give us you know whatever it is so i would go to the websites for those manufacturers okay i wish i could be part of the one percent when i buy a lottery ticket but i'll go ahead and uh (laughs) yeah 
Well, it, my, my point is is that both of them have such a very high-quality manufacturing issue that it's, it's very rare, but somebody gets those products, you know, and, and it, the, the issue, it's kind of like at Mosby. When we have something go wrong, everything goes wrong. It's not like, it's not like well, you get your fair share of this. It just, when, when things go off the rails, it seems to compound, and, and the manufacturers have the same issues. So it, I, I've tried to figure that out. You know, but it just, I don't know, uh, you know, when it rains, it snows. That's that's kind of my answer to you there. <laughs> okay. I appreciate the advice, and I'll, you know, check out the brand, and I'll go to the website. Yeah, good thing. And be open to it. You know, it may be your plumbing, but uh, that if it, if it was, it would start with the shutoff to that fixture where it comes out of the wall. So you might uh, also consider the tubing that comes to that pot filler faucet you know however that is connected it might be in the wall for a pot filler it may not but just be aware that some of those things that are unique to that faucet is where you're looking yeah it kind of defeats the purpose of a pot filler i have to fill the pot partially and dump it out and then fill it (laughs) yeah yeah i understand (laughs) it's like that ain't right i I know that (laughs) no okay scott thanks a lot have a good weekend good luck my friend Thanks, bye. Bye now. Uh, And I better tell you, let me see uh, who else we have here. Let's talk to my friend Anne-Marie. Hey, Anne-Marie, Scott Mosby. Hey, hi, Scott. Hi. Thanks for taking the call. Yeah. So I have um, a cast iron old double sink in the basement, Mm. and the bottom um, is leaking. I guess it's just rusting out. And so I want to know if there's something that could be applied to um, stop that problem. And a second problem is the faucet, I cannot shut off. It's drip, 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 drip. It is just pressed down as hard as I can go. But I'm running up a nice water bill here. (laughs) So... um, I guess an extension of those questions then is, can the faucet be replaced by itself? A plumber told me it couldn't, that he had to take the whole sink out for $2,200, and I just kind of rolled my eyes. Um, I may be wrong, but it seems to me there should be a simpler solution, and if you know anyone that can do the faucet maybe there's something i could apply underneath but i'm open to whatever you can help me with well uh, i'll give you the good news and the bad news okay. the good news is that's a really good high quality sink porcelain over cast iron the bad news is that it was a gajillion dollars when that thing went in originally so when you replace it or do something to it or even repair it it's a gajillion dollars so uh, I would for the leak down in the drain, uh, you keep in mind you've got the basket strainer, the drain that connects to the sink, <clears throat> and then the edge of the steel that rusts. So that leak is probably happening uh, where the the uh, P-trap and the drain pipe connects to the sink itself. Uh, so that can be replaced uh that's a, not a cheap date that's expensive because it's anyway it's it's an old cast iron sink and it's a it's a big drain there those are performance based sinks they you know as my oh. dad would say built for stout 
Okay, let me interrupt you for just a moment. I did have a plan a plumber out, mm-hmm. and he said it was leaking from the bottom, that the P-trap was fine. Mm-hmm. But where that P-trap connects to the sink, so when the sink gets delivered, it doesn't have a pipe on it. So there's a basket strainer, kind of like hooking up a disposer to the bottom oh. of the kitchen sink. So okay. that interface, that joint, uh, and the only way to get to it is to pull the whole thing apart, and now you're into a plumber, and you're, you know, 200 bucks an hour for a plumber, 250 I mean, it's a lot of money for a, a skilled plumber. They pull it apart, and then they see where the problem is. So just to look at, I mean, if just to check this thing out is going to be pricey, and that's why the plumber said, you know what, by the time I get in and out, this thing may or may not be fixable. Even if it's not or fixable, it's still going to be five or $600. You're better off changing this sink. Now, you don't have to go to that same kind of sink either. You oh, no, to... I don't. As a matter of fact, I asked for a single sink. I mean, I wasn't limiting myself. A double sink would be fine, a single yeah. sink. Uh, and, of course, you know, new faucets. Right. And then they would have to haul it out. Which is uh, and he said it would take five to six hours. Yeah. And um, that's where it came down to $2,200. So I guess you're saying that's not unreasonable. No, not for what, you know, I mean, it, it that sink probably weighs hundreds of pounds if it's the one oh, I'm thinking of. yeah. And it's a, yeah. it's, I mean, it's a piece of work. It's almost, it's almost artwork in itself. So I, when, and it, it. It kind of is what it is. I've seen this with some of the old one-piece toilets that are very high quality. I mean, just to try and fix them, it's four hundred dollars to blink your eyes, and you only get it right half the time. You know. Yeah, so. it is an older home. It's almost yeah. ninety years old. Yeah. I think you're getting good advice. It's just a lot of money to deal with that sink, and you know that's kind of plumbers. You know, it's it's frankly you know a, a six hour day out of a plumber's time he can go yeah. make twenty two hundred dollars on the other so sometimes these these invoices the charges are well what can i earn on another job because i'm I'm not doing that one to come do yours so we find that on small projects and why we have a lot of our own tradesmen because of that we we do a lot of small stuff so well but, you know i asked for a breakdown because i figured a lot of that was labor and he said yes it was yeah. labor. And so I was going to pursue looking for a sink on my own, mm-hmm. um, maybe getting some information from Henry Supply or sure. um, yeah. I noticed on, like, Costco they have um, a business uh, department now that they do carry a sink. Uh, but it's still a question of getting someone to carry it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it all, you know, basement sinks. I I think you're going to be in that neighborhood. I mean, Henry Plumbing is a great place to start there in the neighborhood, and they know all those sinks, and they know all your houses. So you tell them where you live, they know how your house is plumbed. You know, they, mm-hmm. they, it's kind of like me. You tell me where it is, I know how your house is built. So... But I, I I don't think you're too far off the mark for dealing with these basement sinks, especially if it's just pull that old one out and put it back in. It's that's that's the world. Okay, I was <laughs> Wish I had better, better news for you. Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, okay. thank you. God bless you, Anne Marie. Take care. And happy Thanksgiving. Oh, you too. Thank you. Bye now. Bye bye. 
All right, Scott Mosby, Home Improvement. I'm going to take a pause now and see if I can get back on schedule right here on KMOX. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Sponsored by Reinhold Flooring. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, back together, Home Improvement, KMOX. So much to talk about. Uh, uh, 314-436-7900 or... That is the, uh, I used to say 800 number, but we don't have that anymore. We don't need it. Uh, let's go right to the phone lines here and talk to my friend Rob. Hey, Rob, Scott Mosby, good afternoon. How can I help you here on CamoX? Hello, Rob. Water service line to repair. Yeah. About 800 feet long from the meter to the house. What uh-huh. kind of media do you recommend or what type of piping? Um. Uh, how? What kind of territory are you out? Are you rural out in the middle of nowhere? Or are you in a city or what? That's a three-and-a-half-acre lot in Godfrey. Okay. I've already had oh. Julie locate everything, and it's pretty wide open. So. Well, here's, here's kind of where you go. Um, old-time copper water lines were what was put in that was considered the best. Uh, Godfrey, you've got a lot of uh, gravel and rocks, and you can actually rub a hole in that copper because in 800 feet, uh, the temperature does change even down below 30-inch frost line. So you dig that thing two and a half feet deep. It still gets longer and it still gets shorter. Uh, So from that point of view, uh, copper used to be the answer. Uh, but it, they just had so many problems with it. So then you have to backfill it. You put sand in. You lay the copper in. You, you, then you, you have to protect it. and all. It's like phooey. Let's go to PVC. Well, PVC has a bigger coefficient of expansion, so it gets even longer and even shorter. So I like to think that your better choice is your white PVC polyvinyl chloride. Uh, you need to upsize the diameter at least one size because of the 800 feet. So if you're going 100 feet and you need a one-inch line, uh, you, you can put in a one-inch line. You go 200 feet and you need a one-inch line, you can still kind of get away. You, you know, you go 250 feet and you need one inches of diameter for proper service. You probably need to go to inch and a quarter. So when you're up at 800 feet, uh, if you're expecting normal flow, from a, you know, depending upon PSI and pressure, uh, you may wind up with an inch and a half water line. And when you get just the dollars and cents of what that is, you're probably going to pick a PVC polyvinyl chloride line. Um, And and the issue is um, the way that line will fail if it does. And for example, I've put in 800 feet of PVC in a rural situation for my own use and it did break and it broke where we had a 90 on it so this thing went you know like 600 feet from the water uh, service at the street and we got back so far and instead of just a gradual turn where the normal pipe went around the corner the plumber chose to put a 90 on and I, I, I challenged him. I was there, we were putting it in together. I said, you know, what if that pipe gets short? Well, sure enough, January the following year, that 600 foot line got shorter, pulled that apart and I, I bought a million gallons of water. Um, 
<laughs> so so it's more about how you put it in. No abrupt changes, no fittings. That You're still going to, you know, solvent solder. You're going to glue these things together. And the longer slide you get, so if you can get a six-inch overlap where the pipes actually have a male and a female end, I would go to that. And I'd go as thick on the PVC as you can afford uh, because they're, you know, uh, schedule uh, 20 is the thin uh, pipe that you use for downspout drains, you know, stuff you see four inches around. When you mm-hmm. go to a real waistline inside a, a, a house, it's schedule 40, which is twice as thick. Schedule 80 is what's commonly used on those PVC water supply pipes. And I'd go either, either schedule 80 or higher than that if you're going 800 feet Either that or lay a second line right next to it, which is what saved me on the uh, previous story is we just switched from one pipe to the other and everything was magical uh, once again. Yeah, I considered that actually, that while I was excavating to go ahead and put two lines in. Yeah, yeah. But you'll find, I mean, there really isn't any other alternative better than the PVC. Uh, uh, most plumbers now do that, and it actually resulted in a change of the electrical code because you can't ground your electric system to a plastic pipe anymore. So, you know, now they're driving ground rods on every electric panel and such. But PVC is going to be hard to beat and uh, make it Schedule 80 or thicker. And don't put All any right. 90s in it. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. I was. I talked to a guy, and he kind of recommended a polyethylene, like an inch-and-a-half polyethylene. It's a thin black wall or a thin black. Yeah, and those are fine, too. They're, uh, you know, those are used more on irrigation systems, you know, for, like, golf courses and stuff like that. So there are other options. Uh, So PVC is not the only one. Your polyethylene, the good part of that is it comes in long coils so you don't have any joints to speak of. All right. I really appreciate your advice. All right. Good luck, Rob. Take care. All right. Hey, folks, have a good afternoon here. I wish you a great day here on CAMWEX. One o'clock, your retirement professionals right here on CAMWEX. Two o'clock, business of family business. Lots of things happening, and uh, uh, it's a great day. Uh, Enjoy your time outside. Remember uh, to have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, I may or may not see you. Actually, next week, next Saturday, Rich Orris will be on in my stead because I am doing some traveling for Thanksgiving and uh, uh, spread my wings and Uh, Being here every Saturday has uh, left a long list of places I'd like to visit on weekends. So anyway, stay tuned. Have a great day here on CAMWAC. Scott Mosby, Home Improvement next week. Rich Orris in my place. Following uh, uh, news, weather, and sports is your retirement professional. (laughs)